Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Dr. Cohen. Are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy. We're live. Yeah, we're live with Gross Anatomy. Where we explore the sights, smells, sounds, and medicine, and how it relates to pop culture, books, TV, movies, and the world around us. Yes, that was wonderful, Lauren. Nice job. Thanks. I heard yeah. you a few times, and I'm finally Yeah, here. that was wonderful. And you are who? I'm Lauren Taylor. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. And we're very excited to be here today, post 9-11. We, didn't talk, we haven't talked about 9-11, have we? No, we have not. And yeah. Yes. We, I was not in New York then. Were you in New York then? No, I had just moved here. So I'd been here um, a, uh, over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, crazy. We're, I mean, do you yeah. want to talk about it? I'm sure you were in a state of panic about your family and everything. You know what? I, you know, it wasn't what we were planning on talking about, but, but just since we brought it up, mm-hmm. uh, um, I had this really, I, I don't think I ever told you about my weird experience. So I had moved here. I was a fellow here. I was doing my cancer surgery training here and I was asleep. And I wake up in the middle of the morning with like, I know it sounds weird, but I still remember, I kind of woke up with a feeling of a disturbance in the force, like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, and I've never had that, but I, re- I, I know it sounds totally bizarre, but I really did wake up with like this weird feeling. And then I went back to sleep just for a little, because then my phone rang and um, and I ran out to get the phone. I was living in Santa Monica at the time. And on the phone was, okay, Dr. Cohen, we need to get ready. We need to prepare the ORs. We need to da-da-da-da. We need to, and I'm like, wait, who is this? And she's like, this command center at Cedar sinai And I'm like, who are you looking for? Because I was a fellow. I was a pisher. You know, I was coming here to do cancer surgery training. I was like, who are you looking for? They're like, isn't this J. Lewis Cohen, they said to me? And I said, no, this is Jason Cohen. And they said, oh, never mind. I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? And they're like, turn on the TV. And they hung up. Oh, wow. And I turned on the TV and, and sure enough, I saw, you know, what was happening. They confused me with the Dr. Cohen who was in charge of the ORs at the time. So they were making sure everything was ready in case they were gonna, there was going to be something happening in LA. It's, you know, so that, wow. so that Cedars-Sinai would be ready. So, but it was just, you know, and then I sat there, you know, because it was um, earlier here, I sat and kind of watched it and then I got ready and, went into the hospital, even though, you know, nothing was happening. Everything was shut down. And I wound up across the street from the hospital was a Jerry's Deli at the time. It's since shut down. And I wound up basically sitting in Jerry's Deli with another buddy of mine, a surgeon also originally from New York. And he and I just, I still remember, we just sat there in Jerry's Deli. They had TVs on, you know, watching and kind of just being, we hung around in case they were going to need surgeons and stuff. So we kind of just hung around there. But, but I, it was weird that feeling I had and, and luckily no one immediately close to me lost their lives. I mean, mm-hmm. people I know who knew people did, but that was kind of, that, that was my nine 11 experience. Do you remember where you were kind of thing and what you were doing? Yeah. I mean, I was, I have family in New York too. So I remember being worried about them and they were fine, but the same thing, like my cousins in long Island, like they all went to school with 
you know, people who's dad died, you know, like in the trade yeah. and stuff like that. So it was, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, you know, in the, it's been almost 20 years. It seems like, at least for me this year of all the years, you know, other than right up close to it, you know, it just seemed more poignant this year for some reason for me. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because of the political climate and what's going on in the world, but it just seemed more, it just seemed fresher. Yeah. This year. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I yeah. saw, you know, where the giant hole was, like I was in New York on the subway when you could, when it was still was like a giant hole. And yeah. I've seen the, what are they, they call it the freedom the freedom towers, towers the freedom yeah. towers. And so I've seen it now. Yeah. But, uh, I've never wanted to go inside for some reason. I have no desire to go. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but today you also wanted to talk about, maybe this is another reason it's so on your mind because it's a little eerie in LA right now. Um, it's just smoky skies, really unhealthy air quality. You always get that alert on your phone. Or if you look at the weather, it's always like hazardous. You get alerts on your phone? Well, I don't get alerts, but when I look at the weather, it's like unhealthy uh, air quality for sensitive groups. You, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't really check. Well, I didn't, and I didn't know that there were actual numbers. Like sometimes I'll see that on my phone on the weather app. Yeah. I didn't know like what the numbers meant, but you had told me um, about athletes not wanting to play. I heard on the radio yesterday or the day before driving in how one of the baseball players, you know, was complaining about, you know, playing and being short of breath and this and that um, out on the field. But, you know, I went for a run this morning. Maybe, maybe he's in an area closer or maybe he has, you know, asthma or who knows what. I didn't, I didn't feel anything. You know, I was outside for about an hour the sky looked amazing. The sunrise looked insane, but I didn't necessarily feel anything. You know, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. And, and I don't think anybody does. Well, I don't either. And yeah, so that was like an athletics player. And he was saying, I'm a 22 year old. I'm healthy. I shouldn't be like, um, but you heard that too. Yeah. I shouldn't be gasping for breath when I go to uh, bat or whatever. I go to the right. and I don't disagree with him. Maybe they should have canceled. I mean, they've never done that before, but. I was looking at the numbers and someone else was complaining that it was like 284. And I was like, what does 284 mean? And if I don't know. Like 51 to a hundred for air quality is moderate and um, anything 250 and up is like very hazardous. But so, didn't LA years ago have horrible air quality? And like it was well known that LA had the worst air quality, like so much so yeah. that you would see these pictures of smog in the sky. So Right. I wonder it's how. Like, uh, or I was wrong. It was two hundred one to three hundred is very unhealthy. So it's like right. at two eighty four. I don't even know what happens if you go past three hundred. Do they just tell you I have to stay inside? I have no idea. Right. But you're right because I saw the same very unhealthy air qualities on my phone like last year. So what didn't have to do with the fire? Right. But but what about you know just LA air quality in the past was horrible. Um, so I wonder how what how does it compare? Um, um, to to old air quality when when baseball players were playing and there was nothing going on. So that's true. I mean, part I of me, know. you know, my, you know, we've talked about sports a little bit. I, I, you're a big, much bigger sports fan than I am. Um, so part of me kind of felt like you don't have to play. Go home. You know, 
if you want to play and make a zillion dollars, that's why, that's why we're paying you, you know, but I don't know, you know, I, I mentioned it in the OR to some people and they got very upset with me. Well, Uh, if you have a, I guess it's like COVID. If you have a pre-existing condition, you should be extra careful. Cause I read another football player didn't take the field because he had sickle cell and, uh, anemia, which is, something I actually think we should just make a whole episode of. It's a terrible game. Yeah. So I'm surprised he can even be a professional athlete, but I could see. I know. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. He uh, must have sickle traits. I, I doubt he has full sickle cell anemia. He, there's no way he'd be able to play. He's got to have the trait, which still predisposes you to trouble, but let's look that up and make that another episode. Cause that's I awesome. want to, because I was amazed because I thought just your body hurt all the time. So yeah. I don't know. I am going to look into that now that you said that. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but I think, you know, part of me thinks that don't play if you don't want to play, you know, go home. And, mm-hmm. but you know, if you want to get paid what you're getting paid, I don't know. I, it's I upsetting. Can't. I get it. They're making so much money. So it's just like, you hate to hear them complain. Right. Stop complaining or just don't play or just don't play, you know, and and let somebody else play. Who's willing to play. Who's willing to get, you know, do whose dream is to get up at bat one time. Right. There are plenty of guys who'd be willing to play in that air quality, you know, so go home. And that's kind of my feeling. I don't know. Uh, It's it's very not politically correct though. (laughs) I can see it both ways. Yeah. Like I wouldn't let kids outside, you know, like school. But if someone's an adult and getting paid and it's their job, they either could choose, I'm going to take a sick day, you know, and go on the DL if I don't feel well, or if everybody's playing, I'm going to play. You know, that's, that's the thing. I don't think we should have our children out and about playing, but that, you know, but these people, they're, they're grownups who it's like, it's like, should I be, I'm working with COVID patients and I'm working should I, should I just stay home because it could be dangerous for me? Uh, that's a good point. I, the reality is I have way more danger in my day-to-day activity than he does. Mm-hmm. And he gets paid way more, way more hourly. Yeah. And he doesn't get sued if something goes wrong. That's true. So it's, it's hard for me to hear that stuff a little bit, you know, even though, even though, yeah, I, you know, I make a good living, but... No, I do get that. That's kind of how I felt when NBA players went in the bubble. I'm like, just tough it out. You don't need to see your face. Right. Tough it out. Tough it out. Tough it out. So I wanted to do a little um, Q&A. I know you're – have you – give us an update. Have you got your um, pre-med school going back yet? So, so normally it's a shadow program, and then also we have these guest speakers. So we're trying to figure out how to relaunch it, and we're hoping – we were initially hoping to relaunch it the end of September. Now we're thinking of relaunching it at beginning of October because unfortunately I've been a little busy. It's taking a little time. But um, the interesting thing is because of the fact that it's virtual, normally our guest speakers are people from around town. Um, but now we could, you know, ask people from any coast, you know, as long as uh, they're willing, you know, for the time difference, you know, New York, it'll be 7 p.m. when we normally do our thing at 4 p.m., so I've asked some, some, you know, wider net of people. I was wondering, today, you probably know some New York docs you've been dying. Right. With. I've asked some New Yorkers and today just for, to, to see if we could, I emailed Fauci. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed Fauci and I said, 
Dr. Fauci, would you be willing to be a guest on our show? So on, on our on our pre-med program. So I love your ambition. Yeah, we already got a we already got a uh, email saying he's too busy, you know, an automated email. But I'm uh, gonna Dr. Cohen, you didn't get a cease and um, desist. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, no, I'm wondering if the FBI is gonna come knocking on my door now. So I emailed Fauci. So I think I may follow up with like his deputy or something and see if they're available. Um, I but I may ask good. around, you know, at the hospital here if if anybody. You know, the, the actual head of the hospital may have a connection to him, and I'm wondering if I should ask him to reach out. I don't know, but that would be a really fun. Well, I, I bet after, you know, if uh, after COVID, I mean, I don't know if he's going to keep his position. I imagine he is, but I'm, right. if he doesn't, I think he would definitely be a guest on your show. Yeah, I think uh, on the show, you mean or in our pre-med I program? know. I'm thinking bigger now. I'm like, ah, I know. have him on the show. <laughs> but right, yeah. exactly. So for, for the students, I think he would do yeah. it. Yeah. But I was. I may even ask Dr. Shem, you know, uh, from House of God, the, the, the author of House of God and Man's Fourth Best Hospital. I may even ask Dr. Shem to be a, a guest. You know, I have to look at our calendar. I love that. But, you know, this time, so what's different is we're, we're trying to, like, every week have, like, a a curriculum kind of thing, you know, one week it's going to be, Oh, and so I reached out to the Dean of UCLA med school. So she said, she'll be a guest oh, in our pre-med great. program. That's yeah. Exciting. So yeah. Have, so she, yeah. So you're going to get the students excited again. That's I nice. think so. Yeah. I, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Sure. No, I think people like right now when the times are so weird, people are looking like looking to help and you're yeah. like, you can help these students for like an hour. And yeah. they're willing to say yes. You know, maybe I should reach out to Sandra Gupta. That just gave me an idea. <laughs> or Atul Gawande, one of those guys. And at the very least, we can post any rejections because those are funny. You know what? Maybe I should re-ask Dan Ariely <laughs> if he'll be a guest to our pre-med program. Just to see if he can actually be mean. Right. Just to keep harassing the guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still want to get that guy. Real positive person. Um, yeah. Who knows? I, love that. I love that guy. I know. So yeah. I just wanted to ask you a few questions for students that, you know, can't get into your pre-med program, but are still like considering going to med school. What I would think the two top questions you would ask yourself or tell students to think about before they go would be, do you have what it takes to get it accepted into med medical school? And like, what I would think personally is, can I afford it? But I have a feeling that's not what you tell them. No, certainly can I afford it has nothing to do with it. Um, okay. so I wanted you to explain that because maybe that's what they're thinking. That's what I Yeah, would. no, it's interesting that you thought that. But I, I think if you really want to do it, you'll figure out a way to do it. And can I afford it? That's what student loans are for. And it's definitely, you know, once you finish, it's, it's definitely kind of a something hanging on your back. And what is it, an albatross around your... Neck. neck or whatever they say, or a burden on your back or a monkey on your back or whatever it is. And it's definitely something that weighs on you is, is having that student debt. But the reality is there's no cheaper money than you could get most of the time than student loans in terms of if you're ever going to borrow money, student loans is really the cheapest money you could borrow. And if you really want to be a doctor, you'll do it and you'll pay it back, you know, and, and luckily as a do most doctors, make enough of a living um, that, that you'll be able to pay it back. Certainly not right away because you could really rack up a lot of debt, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of debt easy. 
mm-hmm. um, especially if you're paying for college too, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. But, but that by no means should be your, your limiting thing it, is the debt, um, it, it is finding a way to pay for it. No way. Um, and then, and then, like, and then the students in, in your pre-med program already, do you look at all their grades? So they already have what it takes. So they know that. So one of the requirements we have is a GPA of at least 3.5 now, which, which is, you know, a pretty good GPA. Now, um, do we make exceptions? Certainly, you know, are there certain times there's a student who just seems phenomenal, who is on the fence or, or they have a good story to tell. So that's a few things I tell students is one, um, you have to have a story to tell. So that, you know, if your freshman year of college, you got all F's, but then sophomore year, year and junior year, um, you got B, A's and B's, you know, you could, you could say, yeah, I went off to college and I was just a party kid and I wasn't serious. And then I realized, hey, I want this. And I started working hard. That's, that's good. You know, that's a good story. Or, I, or even, you know, in the middle of sophomore year, junior year, you know, I had a tough time with this class, but I retook it and then I did well. And, and people want to hear that, I think. You know, people want to hear your story. And, and even, even the kid who's taken a few years off and dilly-dallied and messed around and traveled, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you tell it as a story. So I, I went around, I wanted to explore the world, I wanted to see things, I wanted to kind of live in different countries and and you know that kind of made me more prepared to now go to medical school now that I've seen all these different cultures I think I could relate more so so it's all about being able to tell a story is one thing I tell the students um and then uh it's actually you know the kid with the 4.0 I'm less interested in that kid in terms of my pre-med program it's the it's actually the kid with the 3.4 or the 3.6 who's struggling. I don't know if I could do it. I'm worried about my grades, but this is what I want to do. That's the kid who I'm more excited to take into the program to kind of help them decide, yes, I want to do it or no, I don't want to do it. And also to figure out what else that kid needs to do to get in. I mean, that's, that's who I'm more interested in taking or kid from an underprivileged, you know, we really want to try to get underprivileged kids and kids who don't have the opportunity that, you know, a sparkling 4.0 student who's a virtuoso violinist, you know, you're going to get into med school. You don't need to do my program. Got it. And then what are some other questions? Like I I saw online, like, uh, Oh, so the other thing you would ask is, uh, the one thing I really like to discuss with all the kids during the program and even during the interviews, because we, we used to interview all the kids is I say to them, just like you're doing this pre-med program, if there's anything at all you've ever kind of considered a career in, whether it's figure painting and ballerina, being a ballerina or, a, or an architect or a coach or this or that, go and do it. And even for free, just like you're doing this pre-med volunteer program, go find someone and say, can I shadow you for uh, half a year or X number of months? And because once you kind of get down that, pre-med pathway, it's really hard to deviate. And I really tell everybody, if there's something else you're interested in, explore it, because now's the chance, now's the time. The, the, once you kind of start doing the pre-med, it's, it's, it's much harder to find the time to, to experiment and do other things. I mean, look, 
you know, we do this podcast, we record it only for an hour and change a week. And there are weeks where we can't do it because it's just too crazy busy. And, you know, yeah. you would take, so take I saw, an hour, but it's hard. Right. So I saw another question that um, doctors tell people to think about before joining medical schools. Does a career in medicine match your lifestyle? Like, um, if you can handle, like you mentioned it before, just studying through your 20s. Like, yeah. do you love to learn? Can you uh, accept missing your 20s? Do you have a family you have to bring into this? But I think, you know, as much as that's true, um, I think to be great at anything, you you have to sacrifice, you know, in, in order to be great. And I think, you know, millennials today don't, don't get it as much, you know, that, that even the instant success on Instagram, most of the time, believe it or not, isn't an instant success. They've been working at it and really honing their Instagram and they're, they're working hard at it. And, and yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely people who get lucky without, without necessarily having to put in the work, but those people are really rare, you know, and, and the actor who all of a sudden gets discovered, they've been working, taking classes and doing bit parts and auditioning for 10 years, you know, and yes, they finally get recognized, but it's not that all of a sudden they got their first role. They've been, they've been slugging it out forever. And I think that's something to think about. Yeah. And I saw another thing. Tell me if you think this is true. Uh, a question for people thinking about joining med school. Can I accept being a little fish in a big pond? Is that something you think you need to think about? Yeah, a little bit, but that's, um, that's a, the, the or Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read much of yeah. Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah. So, so he kind of talks about that in one of his books. I forget which one that is. Do you remember which one that is? No, I'm just thinking about the 10,000 hours thing now. Cause you're saying you got to just right. work for but, whatever you want. Right. But one of his books he talks about outliers. Did you read Outliers? I think so. I think we outliers. Have. I recommend Outliers. So in that book, he discusses why, at least observations that he's made in terms of of people being successful. And interestingly, a lot of times it's um, it might be the kid who's not the youngest in the class. You know, if parents have a choice to hold their kid back, you know, when putting them into school. Mm-hmm looking at it, maybe they're better off holding them back rather than, oh, we want, you know, our kid's so smart. We want to put them in right away into nursery. Sometimes it's better to say, you know what, let's hold him back so that he'll be the biggest and the smartest and the strongest in nursery, you know, and the oldest rather than the youngest. And the same thing, like when making a decision what college to go to, oh, I could go to Harvard and I'll be a little fish in a big pond or I could go to um, Duke or, or, or Binghamton, you know, where I went and possibly be a big fish, you know, in, in, a, in a, well, Binghamton's a big school, but a smaller school, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's often better to choose, you know, don't, don't necessarily think, oh, I got to go to Harvard, you know, because right. you, you your pre-med program is like, you have a lot of people apply and you take kids from all over. We take kids from all over. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the way we're going to be doing it now is we're going to be doing it virtual. So we're actually opening it, opening it up to, we're just running it as a pilot now, but theoretically for spring, it could be countrywide open, you know, just the online platform, the zoom platform. So it's kind of exciting and interesting. Um, so then the only other thing, you know, just to follow our format, what we've been watching in pop culture, you know how you had said, Cause I was like, there's not going to be any more shows now because filming stopped for like what, six months now. 
Yeah. And it's um, it's really expensive now because of the COVID testing and guidelines to film. So a lot of shows that were renewed are getting canceled. We talked about that. But you were like, people will come up with new ways to do things. And I saw Netflix has an eight-part anthology series called Social Distance. It's a really? Yeah, it's a quarantine-themed drama series. And it debuts on October 15th. But it's like a standalone series. I think like we're doing, because you said, why can't a show just be like this? So yeah. basically are creating a great TV content at the same cool. time. But the, and the other thing is, is doctors, you know, some are very, not, mo- not most, but some are very entrepreneurial. So a lot of doctors are starting. In fact, Dr. Jeffrey Toll is start who, whose podcast I was on two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago now or last week. Uh, everybody shout out to Dr. Jeffrey Toll, who was a guest on our podcast. I was on his podcast with Dr. Deepak Dugar. I had a great time being on with them, um, but he does a lot of COVID testing and he started this whole business now um, and he's catering to these movie studios and things like that to, mm-hmm. to offer, you know, shoots and films, um, COVID testing so that they could, they could do their thing. Yeah. And it's not cheap. So more. No, it's not cheap. Yeah. But, but that's a very yeah. small business. But they have big budgets, these things. So yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And needed. Anyways, all I'm saying is Netflix is picking up shows that I think look kind of like us Zoom talking right now, or just you doing a eight minute monologue. Could be great TV content. Think about Our it. Our show. I'll submit Let's it to pitch them. It. There okay. you go. Send it to them. <laughs> I will. But that's it. That's all I have for today. You got anything else? Yeah. So what are you watching though? You didn't say what you're watching. Oh, I started that space show on Netflix called Away. I only watched the first episode, though. Oh, yeah, with... Um, Hilary Swank and Josh right. Charles. How is it? Uh, it didn't grab me, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't sound that appealing to me. Um, but it's like all that's new that I thought I yeah. might like. I don't know. What are you watching? I'm still very excited for um, West Side Story. Oh, yeah. Why isn't that out yet? I feel like they filmed... Coming like- out in December. December. Okay. And very- Dune coming out in December, yeah. supposedly. I saw that trailer. I finally got oh, a you did? about a movie, yeah. Oh, I got to watch the trailer. I haven't seen it. You, I should watch it. I'm very excited. It really, really got me excited. So my youngest daughter is very into scary stuff. We talked about it, which I hate. Mm-hmm. And she is into and got my wife watching. And I'm actually watching it with them. And it's not so scary. It's like, and I actually am enjoying it. American Horror Story. Whew, that sounds too scary for me. It's actually not that scary. We're watching the season Coven, Coven, not Coven, Coven. Uh, and the watch act- in the order, though? Like, that's my question. Like, I think they watched, you don't have to watch it in the order. I didn't know. Okay. So we're watching Coven, and it's, the actors are amazing. You know, Jessica Lange, um, Tessa Formaglia. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce it either. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on, it, it's just, Amazing actors and it's Sarah really, Paulson, right? Like she's Sarah Paulson, yeah. Brian Murphy stuff. It's it's great. It's really a lot of fun. Oh, all right. Well, you gave me a little bit more con- confidence. I was thinking about watching um, uh, Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet. You know, oh, like right. Brian Murphy did a. It's a one of his joints too. He um, so it's like the the backstory. You know, yeah, the backstory and how she got behind to- one floor over the cuckoo's nest. Nurse Ratchet. Yes, and I think it's going to be uh, a little scary and disturbingly psychological. So I don't know, but you're giving me confidence. If you can handle American Horror Story, I can probably handle it. I would. Re- I would recommend Coven. I think. I think you'd actually.
find it enjoyable. We got a wreck. All right. We got it. Yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks everyone for joining us at Gross Anatomy. Give us some feedback. Give us some likes. Tell us what's going on. Ask us some questions. Tell us what shows you're watching. We're Exactly. You've been bombarding us lately with, with feedback and stuff. So keep it coming. Yes. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.